Hi, welcome back to Idiots and Aspects, a supernatural podcast. I'm Lynn. And I'm Rochelle. And I keep doing finger guns and driving Lynn insane. <laughs> I can't handle the finger guns. They're just too funny. Okay, besides finger guns being hilarious all on their own, the expression on your face when you finger gun me <laughs> is hysterical. Also, I'm never going to say that ever again. <laughs> Oh no! That's good. Yeah. Okay. Water is watering now. Good. Good job. Okay. <laughs> All right. So today we are talking about season five, episode sixteen, called "Dark Side of the Moon." We start out in Sam and Dean's motel room. Dean wakes up and there's a man in a mask pointing a gun at him. Dean's got his hand under the pillow and the man asks, "Looking for this?" And he holds up Dean's gun. And he clicks the cartridge out. Cartridge, right? It's a cartridge. Um, the thing that holds the bullets. Give me a second. <laughs> I should know this. I'm going blank. Okay, I think that's what it's called. I'm not really gun savvy. The clip. So. The clip. There you go. Okay. <laughs> good good job. Like, what the hell is that called? <laughs> good job, gun owner. You did I good. Got it. Well, okay, because I don't have a, I don't have a, a gun like that. I got a. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So you just like put the thingies in the little rotating thing. There's no mm-hmm. magazine. It's a magazine. There you that's go. That's what it is. Okay. Damn, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're facing away from your microphone now. Oh, whoops! You're you're coming in and out a little bit. Whoopsies. Okay. Here we go. Is that better? <laughs> yeah, that is better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So Dean sees that Sam's awake and sitting up in bed. There's a man with a gun pointed at Sam too. Dean says, morning. One of the masked men says, shut up. Hands where I can see them. Dean says, wait a minute. Is that you, Roy? It is, isn't it? Which makes you, Walt. Hiya, Walt. Walt says, don't matter, and takes his mask off. So does Roy. Dean says, well, is it just me, or do you two seem a tad upset? (laughs) Walt says, you think you can flip the switch on the apocalypse and just walk away, Sam? Sam says, who told you that? Walt says, we ain't the only hunters after you, and he cocks his shotgun. Walt says, see you in the next life. Sam says, hear me out. I can explain, okay? Please. But Walt shoots Sam in the chest twice. Ugh. That was hard to see. And shocking. It was super shocking. I know, just blow them away, why don't you? Good grief. <laughs> Sam just died, and we haven't even had our opening title sequence. So. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Jeez. So Dean tries to go to Sam, but Roy says, stay the hell down. Dean stares at Sam's dead body. Walt says to Roy, shoot him. Roy says, killing Sam was right, but Dean. Walt says, he made us, and we just snuffed his brother, you idiot. You want to spend the rest of your life knowing Dean Winchester's on your ass? Nope, I don't. you don't. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you totally don't. He says, because I don't. Shoot him. Dean says, go, go ahead, Roy. Do it. But I'm going to warn you, when I come back, I'm going to be pissed. Come on, let's get this show on the road. Walt says, come on already. And Roy shoots Dean. And then we get our opening title sequence. We got two brothers down and we haven't even gotten 10 minutes into the episode yet. I know. I remember the first time I saw this episode just being like, oh. <laughs> oh, no. I remember being like kind of I remember being like significantly worried about it but then also knowing because at the time like you were you were giving me the DVDs for it so I was like right. okay, there's at least another four or five seasons so right, you know, right. like yeah I can't be dead but also like 
they're both gone. How is one going to pull the other one back? You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we cut to Dean waking up. It's nighttime. He's sitting inside baby alone. He gets out of the car and hears his trunk slam shut. He turns around and there's young Sam Winchester played by Colin Ford. I freaking love Colin Ford as young I like Sam that Winchester. Kid. Yeah. He Aww. does a good job. He does. He, um, I follow him on Instagram and like less than a year ago or something, I don't remember what the occasion was, but he thanked Jared Padalecki for letting him play a young him. Aww. And it was just like the sweetest thing. That's He's fun. adorable. I know. Okay. So um, there's young Sam Winchester. He's holding a bunch of fireworks. Dean says, Sammy? Sam says, come on, let's go. And he hurries away. Dean says, weird dream. Sam sets the fireworks on the ground and says, got your lighter? Dean pulls one, of his, Dean pulls one out of his pocket and says, oh, I haven't seen this one in years. <laughs> Sam, sa- Sam says, fire them up. Dean lights two Roman candles and they each hold one. They shoot them into the sky and Dean says, I remember this. That's 4th of July, 1996. Sam says, dad would never let us do anything like this. Thanks, Dean. This is great. And then he hugs Dean. Oh. oh, they love each other. <laughs> he, he hugs Dean, and Dean is like, What's happening? Oh, I guess I'll hug you back. <laughs> like, what? Oh, hi. <laughs> yeah. Then Sam lights a bunch of fireworks and yells, Fire in the hole. All the fireworks go off while they watch and smile. Then Sam does a little victory dance. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, the fireworks sound makes Dean remember the gunshot sounds that killed him and Sam. The fireworks are gone, and so is Sam. Dean says, Sam, but there's no response. Dean goes back to baby and leans against her. Then he hears Castiel's voice from inside the car. Cass says, Dean. Dean looks inside, but no one's there. Dean says, Cass, and Cass voice, Cass's voice is coming from the radio. Cass says, yeah, it's me. Dean gets inside and says, you got to stop poking around in my dreams. I need, <laughs> I need some me time. <laughs> Cass says, listen to me very closely. This isn't a dream. Dean says, then what is it? Cass says, deep down, you already know. Dean remembers being killed and says, I'm dead. Cass says, condolences. <laughs> I just, okay, I love that part. <laughs> He's like, condolences. Yeah. Anyways, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, moving along. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> yep. Dean says, where am I? Cass says, heaven. Dean says, heaven? How did I get to heaven? Cass says, please listen. This spell, this connection, it's difficult to maintain. Dean says, wait, if I'm in heaven, then where's Sam? Cass says, what do you see? Dean says, what do you mean, what do I see? Cass says, some people see a tunnel or a river. What do you see? Dean says, nothing, my dash. I'm in my car. I'm on a road. Cass says, all right, a road. For you, it's a road. Follow it, Dean. You'll find Sam. There's some static. All roads lead to Sammy. Oh. Oh. That's so sweet. <laughs> There's some static, and Dean just hears the words, follow Sam. So Dean turns on baby and starts driving. We see in the sky an impossibly huge moon. Dean pulls up to a house. Inside, Sam is being served dinner. He's wearing a tie and sitting next to a teenage girl. There's a mom and dad at the table, along with some siblings and a grandpa. The dad says, so Sam, I hear you're new to McKinley. Sam says, yes, sir, two weeks. The dad says, Stephanie over here just can't seem to stop talking about you. Stephanie, who is the teenage girl next to Sam, says, Dad, shut up. Then she smiles at Sam and grabs his thigh. (laughs) Sam flinches. Getting frisky. (laughs) I know. This girl looks like she's 12. I know, right? (laughs) She looks so young. Uh, 
Then Dean is in the room. He says to Sam, wow, just <laughs> wow. No one else in the room except for Sam can hear or see Dean. Sam says, what are you doing in my dream? So we cut to a few minutes later. The dad is still talking to Sam, even though Sam is not at the table anymore. Sam and Dean are in the other room. Sam says to Dean, heaven, okay, how are we in heaven? Dean says, all that clean living, I guess. <laughs> Sam says, no, um, okay, you, I get, sure. But me, maybe you haven't noticed, but uh, I've done a few things. <laughs> Dean says, you thought you were doing the right thing. Sam says, last I checked, it wasn't the road to heaven that was paved with good intentions. Dean says, yeah, well, if this is a sky mall, it sucks. I mean, where's the triplets and the latex, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, a guy has needs. I mean, Sam okay, says, but, like, what does he mean by latex? I mean, I think he means latex outfits. Okay, because... I was like, I don't know if he means, like, clothing latex or, like, other things made of latex. <laughs> I'm pretty sure in heaven you don't need condoms. <laughs> well, this is true, but still. Yeah, okay, it's probably the clothing latex then. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had that thought before. <laughs> I mean, just the way he said it, you know, like, yeah. it was kind of like, um, you know, like, yeah. like uh, you win, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, Sam says, you know, when you bite the dust, they say your life flashes before your eyes. Dean says, your point? Sam says, this house, it's one of my memories. Dean says, when I woke up, I woke up in one of my memories, the 4th of July that we burned down that field. Sam says, well, maybe that's what heaven is, a place where you relive your greatest hits. Dean says, wait, so playing footsie with brace face in there, that's a trophy moment for you? <laughs> Sam says, Dean, I was, yeah. <laughs> Sam says, Dean, I was 11 years old. That was my first real Thanksgiving. Dean says, what are you talking about? We had Thanksgiving every year. Sam says, we had a bucket of extra crispy and dad passed out on the couch. They hear some rumbling. The house starts to shake and the power goes out. Sam says, I don't remember this. A searchlight shines in through the windows. Dean says, we should, uh, Sam says, yeah, definitely. And so they hide from the searchlight and then the rumbling stops and the lights come back on. Sam says, okay, what the hell was that? Dean goes over to a radio and starts fiddling with it. He says, I don't know, but we are taking the escalator back downstairs. <laughs> Cass. Then he hears static on the radio. Sam says, what are you doing? Dean says, what does it look like? Sam says, like you've lost your mind. Dean says, Cass talked to me before using this phone home radio thing. So I, uh, you know, Cass. And then we see Cass's face on the TV in the room. Cass says, I can hear you. Dean says, Cass, hey, so I found Sam, but something just happened. There was this weird beam of light. Cass says, don't go into the light. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it, dude. Dean says, okay, thanks, Carol Ann. What was it? Cass says, not what? Who? Zachariah. He's searching for you. Sam says, and if he finds us? Cass says, you can't say yes to Michael and Lucifer if you're dead, so Zachariah needs you to return to your bodies. Sam says, great, pro problem solved. Cass says, no, you don't understand. You're behind the wall. This is a rare opportunity. Dean asks, for what? Cass says, you need to find an angel. His name is Joshua. Dean says, hey man, no offense, but we are kind of ass full of angels, okay? You find him. Cass says, I can't. I can't return to heaven. Sam says, so what's so important about Joshua? Cass says, rumor has it, he talks to God. Dean says, and so? Cass says, you think maybe, just maybe, we should find out what the hell God has been saying? 
Dean says, geez, touchy. Cass says, please, I just need you to follow the road. Sam says, what road? Cass says, it's called the Axis Mundi. It's a path that runs through heaven. Different people see it as different things. For you, it's two lane. It's blah. for you, it's two lane asphalt. The road will lead you to the garden. You'll find Joshua there. And Joshua, he can take us to God. The garden. Please hurry. Then the TV turns off. Sam says, What do you think? Dean says, I think he hit the I think we hit the yellow bricks. Find this Joshua cat. Sam says, Really? Dean says, What? You don't? Sam says, No, I'm just surprised you do. I mean, last I checked, you wanted to break God's nose. Now you think he can help? Dean says, he's the only one who can. I mean, come on, Sam. We are royally boned. So prayer, a last hope of a desperate man. A last hope of a desperate man. Last <laughs> hope of a desperate I know. <laughs> so they open up the front door of the house, but instead of a road, it's all forest. Sam says, wasn't there a street out here? Dean says, there was. They go back inside, and Dean starts looking around. Sam says, Dean, what are you doing? Dean says, looking for a road. Sam says, you think the road is in a closet? <laughs> Dean says, we're in heaven, Sam. Okay, our memories are coming true. Cass is on TV. Finding a road in a closet would be pretty much the most normal thing to happen to us today. I mean, it's not false. It's like I know, a right? situation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then he finds a remote-controlled car track and bends down to pick up a toy car. Dean says, I used to have one of these when I was a kid. He puts the car on the track and makes it go. When it stops, the boys are in a different house and wearing different clothes. Sam says, that was the road? Dean says, I guess. Pretty trippy, right? <laughs> Sam says, yeah, more trippy. Um, apparently, you love hugs. <laughs> I love that he's wearing that shirt, I know. <laughs> I kind of I want this shirt. I'm sure I can find it. Probably. Oh, okay. I was going to tell you. There's this site online that I think it's called, like, Worn on TV or something like that. And you can go and find clothing that has been oh. worn on shows and like so you can get the same you know so like if you wanted to like copy an outfit from something you can go and like buy the clothes from the show and i'm sure it probably mm. doesn't have like absolutely everything from every show listed on there yeah but i mean you could probably find it on something like that yeah that's true that's awesome huh i need that shirt <laughs> uh, dean looks down at the t-shirt he's wearing and it has a teddy bear on it that says i love hugs <laughs> dean says shut up wait a minute I know where we are. We're home. Then Mary Winchester is there. She says, hey, Dean, are you hungry? The boys look shocked. We cut to the kitchen table. Mary puts, uh, Mary pours Dean a glass of milk and says, you want the cuss? The, you want the cuss? <laughs> you want the crust cut off? Dean says, yeah, I'd love that. Sam says, mom? But she doesn't hear him. Dean says, I guess it's not your memory, Sam. Sorry. Sam says, Dean, we should go. Keep looking for the road. Dean says, I know. Just give me a minute, okay? Sam says, Dean. Dean says, Sam, please, one minute. The phone rings and Mary answers it. She says, hello? No, John, we're not having this conversation again. Time to think. About what? You have two boys at home. Dean says, I remember this. Mom and dad were fighting, and then he moved out for a couple of days. Sam says, dad always said they had the perfect marriage. Dean says, it wasn't perfect until after she died. Mary says into the phone, fine, then don't. There's nothing more to talk about. And she hangs up. Sam says, what happens next? Dean goes over to Mary and says, it's okay, mom. Dad still loves you. And they hug. Dean says, I love you too. I'll never leave you. <laughs> Mary puts her hand on Dean's face and says, you are my little angel. How about some pie? <laughs> Dean <laughs> says, okay. And then to Sam, he says, what? 
Sam says, I just never realized how long you've been cleaning up dad's messes. Dean says, whatever, let's keep moving. So they both start looking around for a road. Sam opens up a drawer and pulls out a postcard for Route 66. Sam says, I've seen this someplace before. Dean asks, where? Then suddenly they're in a different room looking at a wall full of postcards. Dean says, where are we? Sam says, no way. A dog comes running up to Sam, who, uh, who says, Bones, hey, come here. Bones licks Sam's face. He would have a golden retriever, too. <laughs> I know. He totally and it would, would be named Bones. <laughs> yeah. Dean says, Bones? Sam says, yeah, Bones was my dog. Dean says, your dog? Is this Flagstaff? Sam says, yeah. Dean says, this is a good memory for you? Sam says, yeah. I mean, I was on my own for two weeks. I lived off Funyuns and Mr. Pibb. Dean says, wow. Sam says, what? Dean says, you don't remember, do you? You ran away on my watch. I looked everywhere for you. I thought you were dead. And when dad came home, Sam says, Dean, look, I'm sorry. I never thought about it like that. Dean says, forget it. Let's roll. And he walks out of the motel room. Sam says goodbye to Bones and follows Dean outside. Suddenly the scenery changes and they're standing on the road outside of another house. Sam looks unhappy. Dean says, what memory is this? Sam says, no idea. All right, come on. Dean, road, God, remember? Dean says, wait a minute. This? This is the night you ditched us for Stanford, isn't it? This is your idea of heaven? Wow, this is like one of the worst nights in my life. Sam says, I can't control this stuff. Dean says, seriously, this is a happy memory for you? Sam says, I don't know. I mean, I was on my own. I finally got away from dad. Dean says, yeah, he wasn't the only one you got away from. Sam says, Dean, I'm sorry. I just, Dean says, oh, I know. You didn't think of it like that. He's a Come little on, butthurt. You're... He is super butthurt. Well, when mm -hmm. you think about it, Dean's memories are a family of mm -hmm. Sam and his mom. That's mm -hmm. what we've seen. And Sam's memories are of him. Getting being, away from family. Getting away from family. I would be butthurt too if I was Dean. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Ugh. Dean says, oh, I know. You didn't think of it like that. Come on. Your heaven is somebody else's Thanksgiving, okay? It's bailing on your family. What do you want me to say? Sam says, look, man, I never got my crust cut off, my PBJs. I just don't look at family the way you do. Dean says, yeah, but I'm your family. Sam says, I know. Dean says, we're supposed to be a team. It's supposed to be you and me against the world, right? Sam says, Dean, it is. Dean says, is it? Just then the searchlight shines on them, so they run into the woods. They hide behind a down tree. Zachariah walks after them. He says, wow, running from angels, on foot, in heaven. What? Out of, <laughs> With out-of-the-box thinking like that, I'm surprised you boys haven't stopped the apocalypse already. Zach, Zach snaps his fingers. He is a jerk. He's a super jerk. Ugh. Zach snaps his fingers, and suddenly it's daylight. Zach says, guys, what's the problem? I just want to send you back to Earth, that's all. I mean, that is, after I tear you a cosmos of new ones, you're on my turf now, boys, and by the time I'm through with you, you're going to be begging to say yes. Sam and Dean make a break for it, but Zach teleports right in front of them. Zach says, guys, come on, you can run, but you can't run. <laughs> but the boys run again. They come across someone in a cape and a luchador mask. The person <laughs> says, shh, hurry up, this way. <laughs> they follow him to a little shack, and the man draws a sigil on the door. They all go inside, and Sam says, wait, who are you? The man pulls off his mask, and it's Ash. Mullet I freaking love Ash. Like, I love Ash so much. I love that we get to see him again. I love that he's in, like, the mask and cape and everything. There's like, come with me. I'm the hero. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. I love it. It's perfect. I love that guy. 
Yeah. He says, buenos dias, bitches. <laughs> Dean says, Ash. Ash claps his hands and the lights turn on and music starts playing. They're in the Harvell's tavern. Ash says, welcome to my blue heaven. Dean says, my God, the roadhouse. It even smells the same. <laughs> Ash says, bud, blood, and beer nuts. It's the best smell in the world. How about a cold one? Up here, no hangover. And he hands them some beers. Sam says, so, I mean, no offense. Ash says, how's a dirtbag like me end up in a place like this? I've been saved, man. I was my congregation's number one snake handler. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that could be taken in a couple of ways. Oh, yes, it could. Oh, my. <laughs> Sam says, and you said this was your heaven? Ash says, yep, my own personal. He shotguns a beer and then burps. Sam says, and when the angels jumped us, we were, Ash says, in your heaven. Sam says, so there are two heavens. Ash says, no, more like a hundred billion. So no worries. It'll take the angel boys a minute to catch up. So you got to stop thinking of heaven as one place. It's more like a buttload of places all crammed together, like Disneyland, except without <laughs> all, except without all the anti-Semitism. Sam says, Disneyland? Ash says, yeah, see, you got Winchesterland, Ashland, and a whole mess of everybody else lands. Put them all together. Heaven, right? At the center of it is the Magic Kingdom, the garden. Dean says, so everybody gets a little slice of paradise. Ash says, pretty much. A few people share, special cases, whatnot. Dean says, what do you mean special? Ash says, well, you know, like soulmates. Anyways, most people can't leave their own private Idaho's. Dean says, but you ain't most people. Ash says, nope, they ain't got my skills. <laughs> I'm smarter than that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He, he says, hell, I've been all over. Johnny Cash, Andre the Giant, Einstein. Sam, that man can mix a white Russian. <laughs> hell, the other day I found, I'm going to say this wrong, Melananga Vatsianas. <laughs> Sam says, who? Ash says, he wrote the Kama Sutra. That boy's heaven? Ooh, sweaty and confusing. <laughs> Dean says, all this from a guy who used to sleep on a pool table. Ash says, yeah, now that I'm dead, I'm living, man, a whole lot more. Sam says, so how'd you find us? Ash says, I rigged up my very own Holy Roland police scanner. He, op <laughs> he opens up a laptop and it makes some high-pitched sounds. Ash says, that's angels babbling Enochian, okay? I'm fluent. I heard that you were up. Of course I had to come find you. Again. He <laughs> says, again? Ash says, ain't the first time you've been here. I mean, you boys die more than anyone I've ever met. And yeah, you don't remember. God, angels must have windexed your brains. <laughs> Sam says, so, I mean, have you found anybody else? Ellen and Joe? Ash says, Ellen and Joe are dead. Sam says, yeah, a few months ago now. I'm sorry. Ash looks really upset. He says, they went down fighting. Sam says, yeah, to the end. Dean says, yeah, a hell of a lot of good it did. How about our folks? Ash says, been looking all over for John Winchester. Mary, too. So far, nada. I'm sorry. But hey, there is somebody who I know for sure wants to jaw with you. Hold up. He walks through a door, and when he comes back, Pamela Barnes is with him. I like her. I like her, too. <laughs> Sam says, Pamela. She says, nice to see you boys again. So we cut to Ash showing Sam his angel police scanner. Sam says, so this is how you get around up here. Ash says, more or less, it's just awesome to finally have an application, a practical application for string theory. 
he's like such a he's so smart that he's like oh this stupid theory that everybody's on about now it's finally got a use you know exactly whatever though (laughs) so dean and pamela are drinking at a table a little ways away dean says so pamela says so and then she smacks him on the head she says that's for getting me killed Dean says, yeah, that's probably less than I deserve. If it makes you feel any better, we got Ash killed too. (laughs) Ash snaps his fingers and then makes devil horns and says, I'm cool with it. (laughs) (laughs) Dean Dean says, he's cool with it. So, I mean, are you good? Pamela says, I'm good. Really? Remember my death scene? Gut shot, coughing blood? You told me I was going someplace better. Dean says, I was lying. Pamela says, you were right. My heaven, it's one long show at the Meadowlands. It's amazing. You should see it. Dean says, yeah. She says, you don't believe me. Dean says, no, I do. It's just, you know, spending eternity trapped in your own little universe while the angels run the show. That's lonely. You know, that's not Nirvana. That's the Matrix. (laughs) She says, I don't know. Attic's still better than the basement. Dean says, yeah, but you know, this place, it feels real, but it's just Memorex. Deal is, uh, no, that's not what it says. Real, real is down there. Pamela says, yeah, well, close enough. Look, Dean, I'm happy. I'm at peace. Dean says, what are you trying to sell me, a timeshare? I mean, what's <laughs> with the pitch? She says, I know that Michael wants to take you out for a test drive. Just saying. What happens if you play ball for him? Uh, worst case. Dean says, a lot of people die. She says, and then they come here. That really so bad? Look, maybe you don't have to fight it so hard. That's all I'm trying to say. Sam says, hey, found a shortcut to the garden. Ash goes over to a door and draws a sigil on it in chalk and says, all access pass to the magic kingdom. <laughs> Dean says, good. Ash gives him a look. Dean says, not good. Ash says, that Zach fellow is going to be watching every road to the garden. Sam hugs Pamela goodbye. She says, so watch your ass. And Dean, and then she kisses him for a minute and then says, yep, just how I imagined. I mean, we did know she had a crush, so. I know, I know. I, for some reason, thought she had a crush on Sam. I mean, I think, I think she liked Sam, but I think she had a crush on Dean. That's kind of how I got it, anyways. Okay, okay. Um, Then Ash says, gentlemen, I don't mean to be a downer or anything, but um, I'm sure I'll see you again soon. (laughs) Dean says, we'll keep a sixer on ice for us. Ash opens the door and they step through into a house. Dean says, what the, why are we back home? Sam says, I don't know. So what are we going to do? Dean says, keep looking for the road again, I guess. Then Mary is there. She says, honey, why are you up? Dean says, look, I'm sorry. I love you, but you're not real and we don't have time. Mary says, did you have a nightmare? Dean says, I got to go. Mary says, then how about I tell you about my nightmare, Dean, the night I burned. Then blood starts to drip from her abdomen. I know. Dean says, Sammy, let's get out of here. Mary says, don't you walk away from me. I never loved you. You were my burden. I was shackled to you. Look what it got me. And her eyes turned demon yellow. Suddenly there's a bang and all the windows and entryways are bricked over. Mary says, the worst was the smell. The pain, well... What can you say about your skin bubbling off? But the smell was so, you know, for a second, I thought I left a pot roast burning in the oven, but it was my meat. And then finally, I was dead. The one silver lining is that at least I was away from you. Everybody leaves you, Dean. Have you noticed? Mommy, daddy, even Sam. You ever ask yourself why? 
Maybe it's not them. Maybe it's you. The whole thing is so terrible. Like, listen. Uh, that was hard to watch. Jesus. It was. I, like I mean, it. at least they know that she's not real. You know? I mean, yeah, but still. Yeah, that was hard. Yeah. Uh, so then Zach is there. He says, easy there, kitten. Sam says, you did this. Zach says, and I'm just getting started. I mean, guys, did you really think you could just sneak past me into mission control? Sam says, you son of a bitch. Then two other angels are there restraining Sam and Dean. Zach says, you know, I'd say the same thing about you, Sam, but I have actually grown quite fond of your mother, or at least the blessed memory of her. He leans over and kisses her neck, and she acts like she likes it. Dean looks like he's going to puke. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, God, no. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, he is. Zach says, I think we're going to be logging a lot of quality time together. I've discovered she's quite the MILF. <laughs> Dean says. Horrible. Hot. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dean says, you can gloat all you want, you dick. You're still bald. Zach says, <laughs> I know. Like, really? Zach says, in heaven, I have six wings and four faces, one of which is a lion. You see this because you're limited. He runs his fingers down Mary's arm, and Sam looks like he's going to fuck some shit up. <laughs> Zach snaps his fingers, and Mary disappears. Zach says, let's brass tack this, shall we? Dean says, what are you going to ball gag us until we say yes? <laughs> oh, yeah, I've heard that tune. Zach punches Dean in the face and says, I'm going to do a lot more than that. I've cleared my schedule. Let me tell you something. I was on the fast track once, employee of the month, every month, forever. I'd walk these halls and people would avert their eyes. I had respect. And then they assigned me you. Now look at me. I can't close the deal on a couple of pathetic flannel-wearing maggots. Everybody's laughing at me and they're right to do it. So say yes. Don't say yes. I'm still going to take it out of your asses. It's personal now, boys. And the last person in history of creation you want as your enemy is me. And I'll tell you why. Lucifer may be strong, but I'm petty. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, to be fair, can be a more powerful motivator than just yeah. strength. You know? <laughs> I just, I mean, I hate Zachariah, but I kind of love the things he says. You yeah, know? like, I, I don't like him at all, but he does have some good, like, He's got lines. some good lines, yeah. And they're usually, like, really frustrating, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah. Also, I super love this actor. He is on Psych. And it's just, uh, it's lovely to see him as the villain, kind of, you know? Yeah. So funny. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. I'm going to be the angel on your shoulder for the rest of eternity. Suddenly, there's an another angel in the room. He says, excuse me, sir. Zach says, I'm in a meeting. The other <laughs> angel says, I'm sorry. I need to speak to these two. Zach says, excuse me? The angel says, it's a bad time. I know. But I'm afraid I have to insist. Zach says, you don't get to insist Jack squat. The angel says, no, you're right. But the boss does. His orders. Zach says, you're lying. The angel says, wouldn't lie about this. Look, fire me if you want. Sooner or later, he's going to come back home. And you know how he is with that whole wrath thing. <laughs> <laughs> Zach and his goonies whoosh away. Suddenly, it's daytime and they're in a conservatory. Sam says, this is Heaven's Garden. Dean says, it's nice-ish, I guess. The angel says, you see what you want to here. For some, it's God's throne room. For others, it's Eden. You too, I believe, it's the Cleveland, the Cleveland Botanical Gardens. You came here on a field trip once. Sam says, you're Joshua. The angel says, I'm Joshua. Sam says, so you talk to God? Joshua says, mostly he talks to me. 
Sam says, well, uh, we need to speak to him. It's important. It's important. Dean says, where is he? Joshua says, on earth. Dean says, doing what? Joshua says, I don't know. Sam asks, do you know where on earth? Joshua says, no, sorry. We don't, act, we don't exactly speak face to face. Dean says, I'm sorry. I don't get it. God's not talking to nobody. So Joshua says, so why is he talking to me? I sometimes think it's because I can sympathize, gardener to gardener. And between us, I think he gets lonely. Dean says, well, my heart's breaking for him. <laughs> yeah, I feel so bad. <laughs> yeah. Sam says, well, can you at least get him a message for us? Joshua says, actually, he has a message for you. Back off. Dean says, what? Joshua says, he knows already everything you want to tell him. He knows what the angels are doing. He knows that the apocalypse has begun. He just doesn't think it's his problem. Dean says, not his problem. Joshua says, God saved you already. He put you on that plane. He brought back Castiel. He granted you salvation in heaven. To Sam, he says, and after everything you've done, too. It's more than he's intervened in a long time. He's finished. Magic amulet or not, you won't be able to find him. Dean says, but he can stop it. He can stop all of it. Joshua says, I suppose he could, but he won't. Dean says, why not? Joshua says, why does he allow evil in the first place? You could drive yourself nuts asking questions like that. Dean says, so he's just going to sit back and watch the world burn? Joshua says, I know how important this was to you, Dean. I'm sorry. Dean says, well, forget it. Just another deadbeat dad with a bunch of excuses, right? Now I'm used to that. I'll muddle through. Joshua says, except you don't know if you can this time. You can't kill the devil and you're losing faith in yourself, in your brother, and now this. God was your last hope. I just, I wish I could tell you something different. Sam says, how do we know you're telling the truth? Joshua says, you think I would lie? Sam says, but it's just, you're not exactly the first angel we've met. <laughs> Joshua says, I'm rooting for your boys. I wish I could do more to help you. I do, but I just trim the hedges. Dean says, so what now? Joshua says, you go home again. I'm afraid this time won't be like the last time. This time, God wants you to remember. Joshua holds up his hand and there's a bright light. Sam and Dean wake up in their motel room, still wearing their bloody clothes. Sam says, you all right? Dean says, define all right. <laughs> so we cut to Sam and Dean packing up the room. Cass is there looking defeated. Cass says, maybe Joshua was lying. Sam says, I don't think he was, Cass. I'm sorry. Cass looks upward and says, you son of a bitch. You son of a blitch. <laughs> a blitch. <laughs> you blitch. Cass says, you son of a bitch. I believed in. Cass gives Dean back the Samulet and says, I don't need this anymore. It's worthless. Cass turns to leave and Sam says, Cass, wait. But Cass whooshes away. Sam says, we'll find another way. We can still stop all of this, Dean. Dean asks, how? Sam says, I don't know, but we'll find it. You and me, we'll find it. Dean grabs his bag and heads to the door. There's a trash can next to it. He holds the Samulet over the trash, drops it in, and leaves. Sam looks crushed and credits. Okay, like... <sighs> don't throw away your Samulet! It was still a gift from Sam, even if it's useless. Like, it's still a gift, so why would you get rid of that? I think that, you know, what Joshua said, that, that Dean was lo losing faith in, in, you know, in Sam... And I think Dean is just so butthurt about Sam's greatest hit memories that it was also a sign of like him just like not having faith in Sam. I mean, yeah, but still, you know, it was heartbreaking. Ugh. Yeah. Sam looked so like 
don't you do it. Don't you do it. Don't and then when he did it, it, he was like, how could you do it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. Made me really sad. So I have some thoughts about this episode. Okay, first one, like, you know how they were saying um, that, like, soulmates and stuff go to heaven together sometimes? Like, okay, does this mean that, like, in the very end of all of this, because we don't know what's happening at the end yet, like, they haven't aired everything, but, like, at the very end, does this mean that, like, if the boys die at the end, like, they're going to go to heaven together? I hope so. I mean, I mean, I think so. Yeah, which isn't a spoiler. I mean, we're kind of all like, I mean, this, we've been talking about this for a few seasons. It's like they have to end it to where either all the monsters are gone and like, you know, they just live in a normal world or they have to all die and be together, you know? like I hope that they all die and are together. That's what I hope. This is what I hope. I hope that they wake up and they're in heaven and they're together. And Castiel is there with them. And then somebody knocks on the door and you open it and there's Crowley. And he goes, oh, shit. (laughs) That's what I want the ending to be. Well. I know I'm not going to get that because Mark Shepard's not going to come back. But that's what I want. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, so for me, a perfect ending would either be that they, I think my perfect ending would definitely be that, like, all of the, you know, monsters are gone, all of that, sort somehow they, like, defeat everything, you know, or, you know, whatever, and then, um, they are able to, like, live a normal life, because, I mean, you think about it, like, throughout this whole entire series, like, they just want to have a normal life. Yeah. You know, like, I want them to have that opportunity to have a normal life. I just want them to be dead. (laughs) I want them, I want them to not, I just want, I want them to be at peace is what I want. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I want them to be at peace, but I think like, and I feel like they got to be dead to do that. (laughs) (laughs) See, I don't know. Like, I don't know how I feel. Like I would be fine if they died at the very end, but also like, I feel like they would miss out on the opportunity to have like a normal life, which is what they've always wanted. So I kind of like, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be disappointed in either one. I just want it to like end where they're all together. That's exactly how I feel. I want them to be together. Yeah. So like no matter how they end it, they've all got to be together. Yeah. I don't want one brother to die and one to be left alive. No. I think that would be the worst. That would be the worst thing that they yeah. could possibly do, which I don't think they would do that necessarily. I hope not. But anyways. You never know with the show. Yeah. <laughs> Enough about the speculations. <laughs> yeah. But, um, okay, there was, so they were talking about McKinley. Yep. In the, in the episode, and that's totally the name of the school from Glee. Oh, you're right. McKinley High. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm kind of like sitting there going, oh, please start singing Don't Stop Believing." you know? Like, yeah, that's, that'd be great. <laughs> but yeah, so Aww. that was good. Also, okay, Dean loves mama hugs. Uh, he does. Oh, <laughs> he loves I think, them. I think Dean said, I love you twice in this episode. And I read Which some, he never does. Well, the only person he's ever said he loves you to is Mary in this show. And that's no, it. he said it to Sam. Mm. I'm like almost positive. 
I don't know. I read that somewhere. So maybe what I read was wrong. I can't think of a moment where he says, I love you to Sam, but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. That's just something I read. I feel like I'm having a moment of like, maybe I'm making stuff up in my head, but I feel like there was like a really like, I love you, Sammy. You're my brother sort of situation that happened at some point. Maybe it hasn't happened so far in our rewatch. It hasn't happened so far. Yeah. For sure. Up to season five, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now I want to now. Uh Oh, we gotta, we gotta watch for that now. Yeah. And see, like, I mean, obviously, Dean says that he likes, here he loves pie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I find a hard time, I find it hard to believe that he would say that he loves pie, but not that he loves Sammy. <laughs> I know, right? I agree I don't know. with you. I mean, it could be a thing, but like, mm. Yep. The things we think about. Anyways, okay. Um, also, I was kind of like disappointed that when Sam like left his little flagstaff, you know, dream heaven scape thing, that he didn't take the dog with him. Like, what would stop you from taking the dog with you? I know. I know. I think, well, I think the dog is stuck in the memory. I don't think you can bring the dog out of the memory. But the dog was trying to follow him out, and then he told the dog to stay and left the dog. I know. That was sad. I was I like, wanted... what the hell? Yeah. Take the dog with you. Yeah. you know? <laughs> I think the dog would have disappeared. It's possible. Once or it just would have been running around in heaven. They have a loose puppy up in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> running around, Bones, what are you doing? It's like yeah. the you know, heaven mascot, just like, ah, this like crazy retriever. Yeah, that'd be but, cute. Yeah. Anyways. Ugh. Anyways, that, those are those are my thoughts. <laughs> okay. I was just disappointed that they couldn't take the dog, like, yeah, or that they didn't even think about trying to take the dog. That was more of what I like. I'm disappointed that they didn't try. You know, Got like, it. like if they would have tried to take the dog and it wouldn't have worked, like, okay, fine, whatever. But like, <laughs> you gotta try and take the puppy with you because you're just leaving it alone in its little heavenscape, and I he's know. all you know, sad and he's all lonely, waiting for Sammy for infinity and beyond. Yeah, like, that is sad. Like, okay, if they do go to heaven at the very end of all of this, they need to have bones be there. <laughs> yeah, and be like my dog, you know. I just want, like, everybody who ever died to be there with them. You know what I mean? I want yeah. it to be full of, like... I want everybody to be together. But yeah. that's probably not going to happen. No, I don't think so either. So, I would love that, though. Yeah, I think a lot of people would, but also, yeah. eh, you know, whatever. Yeah. I think it'd be too complicated to make that happen. I think so, too. For sure. God, I want it, though. I want, like, Ellen and Joe to be there. Mm-hmm. And other people who I'm not going to mention because of spoilers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. S- some, some, a few people with red hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A couple <laughs> of them. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, I don't want to get spoilery. Okay. What was your favorite moment from <laughs> the episode? My favorite moment is when, when Dean first um, wakes up in heaven and the whole fireworks scene with young Sam, that was just, it was beautiful. The mm-hmm. fireworks and Sam jumping around in the sparks, yeah. you know, and, and that sweet hug that Sam gave Dean. Oh, it was so cute. I, I just, I love that. That's, that's like one of my, in, in my top 10, like favorite moments for the whole series. Yeah. Yeah, it was just beautifully shot. Totally beautiful. Yeah. 
Yeah. What was your favorite moment? That was definitely one of my favorite moments. And then the other one was when Dean is like, I'm dead. And Cass is like, condolences, you know, yeah. like, whatever you're dead, move on. You know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Let's figure this out. Yeah. It's just, it was so funny. I don't, it's like the dry humor for me is just. Yeah. Also, I wonder how many times, because if, if Sam and Dean have died many times and gone to heaven, I wonder how many times Cass has tried to get them to get to the garden, you know, and that's why he was just like, whatever, whatever, move on. Yeah. Yeah, We've done this a billion times. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. I kind of wonder like if, you know, cause they were saying that they've died a bunch of times. So like, obviously Dean with the little mystery spot situation going on, like Mm -hmm. how many times was Cass trying to get him to, you know, go and talk to Joshua or whatever, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, God, dude, we get it. You're dead. Now go, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So do we think this is the first time they've actually made it to Joshua? I would assume so. Yeah. Because I mean, it sounds like God wants Joshua to give them a message and for them to remember it. So if they haven't remembered it up till now, then that yeah, means they, they never, haven't gotten there. They never got there. Okay. Got that it. would make sense to me. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, obviously Joshua knows what's been going on this whole time and everybody else seems to as well, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder how many times that they've seen Pamela Barnes too, you know, if that was the first time or if it's happened know. a bunch of times. Yeah. If she just, every time she sees them, she's like, well, I think that's probably the first time she's seen them because she was like, I mean, obviously she's got no qualms about just like going up and making out with Dean. So if she was like saying that this is like, Oh, that's exactly how I imagined it. Clearly it hasn't happened before, which means she probably hasn't seen them before. Right. You're right about that. Okay. (laughs) So there's that. Yeah. I liked their kissing scene. It was a good kiss. It it was funny. Dean was like, what in the hell? Okay. You know, (laughs) he's like, wait, what? No. Yes. Thank you. Hey. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, that was, that was, that was pretty good, but um, yeah, those were, I think, my favorite moments. And then I, I did like, too, when Dean was giving uh, Mama Winchester a hug. And she, it was just like, it was so sweet, because you never see that side of him, really. Like, every once in a while. Yeah. But... Yeah, it was sweet when he said, I'm never going to leave you. Killian says stuff like that to me sometimes, and it's just darling. He says that he's going to live with me forever. (laughs) You know? Yeah. It's adorable. And I'm just like, well, you might change your mind about that. I know. I'm like, it's nice (laughs) that you think that, but I'm pretty sure you're going to move out someday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) Yep. Um, so our interesting facts for the episode, it says this episode has multiple Disney references. Um, Ash continues to compare heaven to Disney world and the magic kingdom. Uh, the two hunters who kill Sam and Dean are named Walt and Roy. Um, Walt Disney's brother's name is Roy. Oh, um, it says Zachariah says that in heaven, he has four faces, one of which was a lion and this would make him a cherubim. So this says cherub in here, but like, so if you look it up according to the Bible, it's not quite how they said that in the interesting fact. So it's a cherubim, which essentially I think is the same thing. It's not like a fat angel baby with the wings. It's a totally different situation, but um, it says in the Christian angelic hierarchy, it's the cherubim's job to guard the way to the garden of Eden, as well as God's throne, which is exactly what um, Zachariah is doing when he stops Sam and Dean from entering the garden. Gotcha. Okay. Um, 
It says, during one of Dean's memories of being a kid, Mary asks him if he wants some pie. Uh, the implication that his longstanding affection for pie is rooted in association with his mom in happier times. Oh. Every time he eats pie, he thinks of mama. Oh, oh. Jesus. He does have a soft side, damn it. He does. <laughs> People say that he doesn't, but he does. He just doesn't show it very well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it says when Castiel tells Sam and Dean, don't go towards the light. And Dean replies, okay, thanks, Carol Ann. It's an homage to Poltergeist from 1982. Um, also Castiel is speaking to them through a television set, which Mm -hmm. must happen in Poltergeist. Yeah. Which I haven't seen, but, um, it says while discussing various historical figures, Ash mentioned, Ash mentions, I'm going to totally butcher this, Malanaga Vatsyayana. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Indian mythical sage of the Asuras, demigods to whom erotic sciences and in particular the Kama Sutra were attributed. Um, Ash's pronunciation is extremely misleading, but he goes, but he does get the name right. <laughs> huh, okay. So, I mean, it sounds like nobody knows how to say that. <laughs> um, titled after one of Pink Floyd's album, or this episode is titled after one of Pink Floyd's albums, uh, Dark Side of the Moon. Mm-hmm. Um, Ash tells Sam and Dean, most people can't leave their own private Idaho. Um, he's referring to the 1991 River Phoenix cult classic, My Own Private Idaho, and the 1980 hit song on which its title is based, Your Own Private Idaho, by the B-52s. Oh, okay. Which I've never heard of any of that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It says, Heaven's Garden, which for Dean and Sam is the Cleveland Botanical Gardens, uh, was filmed at the Bloedel Conservatory in Queen Elizabeth Park in Vancouver. Uh, Mm. The stoned greenhouse and aviary is a favorite filming location in Vancouver. Cool. So it's probably been in a bunch of different films and shows then, it sounds like. Mm. Um, It says, Ash's Blue Heaven Roadhouse smells like bud, blood, and beer nuts. (laughs) It's strange, but beer nuts, a registered brand named a brand, registered brand name is still on the market. Um, in 1953, this sweet slash salty glazed peanut snack food came out. Um, it quickly became a standard snack in bars across the country. Um, so it sounds like almost like the peanuts and Cracker Jacks. Oh yeah. Kind of. Maybe. I've never had it, but, um, It says, when Sam and Dean are in Dean's childhood bedroom, there is a blanket on his bed that has rows of running horses that alternate with rows of Native American geometric design. Uh, The blanket appeared earlier in the season in episode, um, in the episode, I believe the children are our future. Um, It can be seen on the bed belonging to Jesse, the half human, half demon boy who has powerful supernatural abilities. Oh, okay. Um, The one that turned Cass into a little figurine on the shelf. A little action figure, (laughs) yep. Um, says the song in the beginning of the episode is Knockin' on Heaven's Door by Bob Dylan rather than the popular version by Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. Um, it says this episode confirms that in episode or season five, episode one, Sympathy for the Devil, that it was indeed God who put the brothers on the aircraft as Lucifer escaped, as well as resurrecting Castiel in the same episode as well. Yeah. I forgot that that it was God resurrecting Castiel. I mean, I thought, I mean, I knew that it was kind of implied and that was the theory, but I forgot that it was like confirmed here. Yeah. Yeah. They, this episode to me, like, 
I didn't remember a lot of it, but I definitely, like, it has a lot of information in it. Oh, yeah. This is one of those episodes that, for some reason, isn't, like, probably super popular, but it's got, like, so much info that you can't, like, skip over it, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not one of those that you can just leave. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's interesting. So, um, our... (laughs) <laughs> I was almost at our news from this week. It's not our news. It's our research from this week. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> uh, that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> it's off of WBIR.com. Um, and it's like a news station channel. Um, and this, so this is about um, some uh, like people that have died and like what they're um, experiences have been like as they've died and come back. Gotcha. Um, so it says one went to heaven, the other to hell, two East Tennesseans, uh, share their near death experiences. It says, um, 10 news spoke with a Knoxville woman who says she felt light and warmth after she suffered critical injuries when a car hit her in 2017. A Blount County man said he actually saw hell. It says, um, Knoxville, Tennessee, a warm, light, a feeling of peace, a vision of your life as you've lived it. Um, again and again, people across cultures have described feeling what it's like to die and then come back sometimes reluctantly into this world or to this world. Um, it's a phenomenon that persists to this day. Uh, debate continues in science about just how real it is. Doctors themselves cannot say definitively what may be happening, but many don't deny it's possible. Um, Priscilla McGill knows it's possible. She says it happened to her in March 2017 after she was struck from or struck by a, be- a vehicle. A vehicle. <laughs> What's a vehicle? I just see like a bee with wheels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a vehicle. A vehicle. Oh, Anyways, after she was struck by a vehicle <laughs> while walking across Woodland Avenue west of Central Street in North Knoxville. Um, she says at first, I just remember like sitting on a cloud in light and peace and calm. She told 10 news, no fear, none. The experience forever changed her. A Blount County man told 10 news when he collapsed 10 years ago in a stabbing, he ended up going through literal hell. He said, I knew my body was still on the gurney, but I was floating and I began to hear screams of people all around me crying and wailing said Ronald Reagan, um, who ended up being a preacher. Um, after all this happened. Uh, Mm -hmm. It says, when medical students are learning to become doctors, there's little preparation for the possibility that a patient might go through a near-death experience, said Dr. Jeff Johnson, um, a cardiologist at the University of Tennessee Medical Center. But he doesn't doubt a patient can experience it. He recalls one man specifically who believes he died and then came back. There are some people who seem to be content with it, like my patient, and I think there are those people who go on um, these deep quests to try and understand more about it, Johnson said. It remains a mystery for which there may only be, or for, what? It remains a mystery for which there might one day be a better scientific explanation, he said. I just can't read, apparently, today. (laughs) (laughs) It says, um, one night in March 2017, McGill walked uh, to the Woodland Market on Woodland to buy cigarettes and a soda. She finished the errand, visited with some folks, and decided about 9.45 that it was time to head back home. As she crossed Woodland, she dropped her cigarettes in the road. She bent down, grabbed them, and that's about the last thing she recalls before being hit by a vehicle. It was a a momentous turning point in her life. She was taken to UT Medical Center, she said, with crushed knees, broken ribs, injuries to her hip, her femur, internal injuries, and multiple cups. Cups? 
cuts. <laughs> yeah, She's got multiple cups. cups. Just, there's <laughs> cups everywhere. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> it says she spent months in the hospital during which she coded, uh, which is lost consciousness when her heart stopped beating seven times. Um, wow. Miguel recalls vivid experiences during these t- or during those times, which she saw people she knew, including her mother, as well as fields, bright flowers, lavish settings, and a heavenly mother figure who told her she could not stay. In fact, the figure said she would have to go back to the living. Um, I was on a ventilator for a long time, she told 10 News. I couldn't talk, but I wasn't scared. Um, McGill insisted that she'd been shown what death uh, would be like and that it isn't a, or it wasn't a terrible thing at all. It just wasn't her time. I've heard people tell me they uh, had you on plenty high-powered drugs, but until you experience it, I don't think you can really 100% change them, she said. Uh, Today, she believes it's her duty to testify for God uh, and to bring people closer to God. I feel like that I need to tell people, you know, it's your heart, right? That's a feeling to which uh, Ronald Reagan can relate. Um, As a young man growing up in East Tennessee, he lived a rough life, um, one that included repeated crime and violence uh, fueled by drugs and alcohol. At age 25, a fight almost ended it outside a package uh, liquor store. I hit him and he knocked me down, he recalled, describing an adversary. (laughs) This is like such dramatic writing. I love it. (laughs) Describing an adversary. Um, He broke a bottle and started stabbing me. In just minutes, I was bleeding to death. For Reagan, nightmare was just a beginning. In the ambulance, he could feel his body floating above the gurney, and he knew intellectually that his body was still on the gurney. It was like I was passing through an open mouth of an active volcano or a burning lake, he recalled. He saw the faces of people he knew, people who were dead. They told him, Ronnie, don't come here. There's no escape. My body jerked like I'd been electrocuted, he recalled. Um, He had seen, or what he'd seen sure looked like hell. After he recovered, Reagan repented and dedicated his life to helping save others. He's been sharing his story ever since across multiple cities, multiple states, and multiple nations. Hmm. Today, um, he's a pastor at the Meadow Church of God in Blount County. Um, for Reagan, the near-death experience was a gift from God. It says, Charles Swedrock of Tucson, Arizona, um, is the president of the International Association of Near-Death Studies. It collects near-death stories and research and offers information as a resource. Um, Research so far shows there are multiple levels of near-death experiences, he said. For example, uh, there are people who have a positive experience, but the individual is so uncertain with what's happening that they have a fear response. Um, some people experience a transition level that uh, starts in a dark place and switches into one that's light and positive, he said. Um, yet another level has been described as hellish. Often that's what people who have lived largely negative lives go through, Sweetrock said. Um, there are also are documented stories of people who have gone through multiple near-death experiences, uh, sometimes decades apart and in different contexts, he said. Uh, Such events also tend to have a profound effect on someone as they return to life, he said. They will say after their back that it was one of the most important things to them that got them on a better path, if you will, as better humans in terms of their life characteristics, Swedrock said. Uh, Dr. Johnson, a Cleveland, Tennessee native, knows uh, some people go through near-death experiences because he's had a patient tell tell him about it. Um, It's been in the last few years, he said, the man had a cardiac um, arrest. He told me in the office that he had a near-death experience. Um, I don't think he used that terminology, Johnson recalled. He began talking about it, and he was actually a little uncomfortable about it. But eventually, it came out that that's what happened. I probed him a little bit. I said, well, how was it? What did you see? 
the man was in general reserved, not prone to a lot of enthusiasm. <laughs> um, it says he told the doctor about being in light, feeling warmth and experience a very, and experiencing a very pleasant feeling. Um, and then he did become a little more animated and he said, it's hard to describe, but I didn't want to come back. And the most disappointing thing about it was that I had to come back. <laughs> Oh, the man's man. wife sat with them as they spoke. Johnson first, <laughs> his patient. He's like, I said, so you don't, so, I said, so you didn't want to be with people uh, that you love. And he said, you don't think about it or you don't think about that. It was, I was in such peace and almost in such almost paradise that I didn't want to leave. It's not that I was selfish and I didn't think that I wanted to be around my family. It was just that I didn't want to leave. Um, Johnson said he's heard for years about people to whom such events occur. Um, he doesn't doubt them. His own patient had told him explicitly, I'm serious. <laughs> 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 okay. A man of faith, Johnson said he heard such stories growing up in church. Um, from that perspective, it's easy to accept what someone says about seeing loved ones who have died or experiencing light or warmth on the other side. Um, science and medicine, however, still lack all the answers. There's still much uh, more to learn about the brain or how the brain responds in a medical emergency and what it's really going through when the heart stops. Uh, it says, I would love an answer when we have one, he said, um, and perhaps someday it will come. I think maybe in the next few years or decades, we may have deeper answers into those experiences, particularly where the brain is concerned, Johnson said. But personally, I don't have a problem with it faith-wise. I think if it were if I were only truly scientifically based that I might have a problem with it, but I believe that there's another world, a spiritual world that we're all part of God's ways are not our ways. And personally, I'm content with that. So huh. kind of fun. There's, yeah. I've seen all sorts of different stories and whatnot. Like, and I've heard of people that I know, like people that I know and like trust have mm -hmm. had people that they know and trust that have had, you know, stories yeah. like that. So, um, which I don't really want to like necessarily go into because I don't want to like say anything wrong because I don't totally know the story. It was like, you know, yeah. they, they said it, but it wasn't like, I never got the full thing. So yeah, I get I it. Totally be misrepresenting, but, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah. So that, that was, that was our research. Um, what was your idiot or aspect moment from this week? Okay, well, Killian has had this loose tooth for like a month. It's one of his, you know, bottom front teeth, the ones that kids lose mm -hmm. the first at first. Um, and so it's been loose uh, for a crazy long time. And he refuses to like wiggle it or pull it because he says it hurts, which fine, that's no big deal. I mean, yeah, it'll, it has to loosen up like completely before you can yank it. Yeah. So we were eating dinner the other night and all of a sudden he books it to the bathroom and we were like, oh, he just has to pee because he does that sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. he books it. So, so when he came back, he was like, mom, I think my tooth is gone. And then he showed me his mouth and it was in fact gone. And I was like, where is it? And he was, he, his eyes got all big and he says, I swallowed it. <laughs> oh no, it's gone. I know. And I was like, well, I guess you're just going to have to poop it out. And his eyes got even bigger. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I was like, "Don't worry." He's like, "But I won't get any money from the tooth fairy." And I'm like, "Yes, you will." Okay, so he totally knows that I'm the tooth fairy because one night he was like, "He was like, Mom, how does the tooth fairy get into our house?" And I was like, "I don't know, magic, you know." And he, yeah. he was like, "He was like, is the tooth fairy like a girl or a boy?" 
And I was like, I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe, (laughs) maybe it's a girl, maybe it's a boy. I don't know. And he was like, he got all serious and he goes, how does some dude just get into our house and steals my teeth? (laughs) And I was like, I was like, oh no, oh no, don't worry about it. It's totally fine. And he was like, wait, are you the tooth fairy? And I was like, do you really want to know? And he's like, yes. And I was like, yes. And he was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh no, I was worried here. Yeah, Yeah. He was super creeped out by the idea of it. So anyway, (laughs) so he knows it's me. So it was just funny that he swallowed his tooth and he thought that I was going to go digging around in his poop for it. But guess what? I am not doing that. (laughs) Guess what? I wouldn't either. (laughs) Nope. That one is gone forever. (laughs) The end. Yeah. Like, no, it's, that's it, you know, yep. <laughs> a little extra calcium in there, I guess. Exactly. Yep. <sighs> so I don't know if that was necessarily an idiot moment, but the whole thing was just hilarious. So, yeah, but it has to do with an ass butt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> what was your idiot or ass butt moment? Uh, okay. So we had to um, re-record the research from one episode because it was just all weird and the whole thing, the whole thing was just wrong and (laughs) for many different reasons, but the whole thing was just wrong. So we had to re-record it and um, I go to like turn on my computer to like get into Zoom and everything so we could go and record and like I plug in my my laptop and usually like when I plug it in it like will start right away because you know it's connected to a power source so like even if it's completely dead it'll work and so I was like oh okay because I tried to turn it on and then I was like why is it not turning on I was like oh I must and then I realized that I unplugged it to you know do something I don't know but um I think I was using the paper shredder. So I <laughs> go and I plug it in and I'm sitting there on the phone with Lynn or were we texting or were we on the we phone? We were on the phone. Yeah. Okay. Me. And like, <laughs> I'm just like, why isn't it working? It should be working by now. Oh no. I think my computer's broken. Like, did I save everything on there? I don't know. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. You know, and I'm like kind of freaking out a little bit. And then I like go to look at it and I realized that I had plugged in my paper shredder (laughs) rather than the laptop. And I'm sitting there like waiting for the laptop to like charge enough to turn on, which has never been an issue before. Yeah. (laughs) But it was that time. And I'm just like, holy cow, I'm an idiot. And like, because, okay, here's the thing. Is it the paper shredder and the computer cord or like two totally different things? Like the paper shredder is just like a regular two prong cord. Oh yeah. This one is three prong and like substantially thicker. And so I'm like, how did I not, not like I just saw a plug and I went for it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so we spent a good 10 minutes or so freaking out about how this, like, how are we going to podcast ever again? You know, exactly. And realizing, Oh, (laughs) I'm a dumbass and I didn't plug in the right cord. (laughs) I'm you know what? You got there eventually. Me. Eventually you were like, I'm just going to check my cord and see if I didn't plug it in all the way. And then you were like, oh. Oh, this is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. Yeah. yeah. It's all right. We've all done shit like that. Not a big yeah. deal. I mean, it was just kind of like, uh, it was a waste of time really is what happened. I was yeah. just sitting there for like 10 minutes going, I don't know what happened. But yeah, it was 
it was a little bit embarrassing i was an idiot so it's okay there's that <laughs> we figured it out i know we were like rochelle you're gonna have to like come over and which is you know breaking quarantine and which eric will not be happy with which technically and, i think you're allowed to be with five people right now outside in king county anyway i don't know what it's like oh. where you are but in king oh, county you here are it's like i don't know what it's at right now but it's yeah. a lot less restrictive than yeah it's five like people nothing. outside here yeah. not supposed to be inside yet yeah but yeah we were like we're gonna have to use the computer and like eric is working from home you know so we were gonna have to do it on his breaks and you were gonna have <laughs> to spend the night and we were just like what do we do yeah <laughs> but we figured it out we did. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can email us at Idgits and Aspects podcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out or visit our Facebook page, Idgits and Aspects, a supernatural podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Idgits and Aspects podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.